welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Dustin Hawkinsmith here from Penn Live with a quick blue-white breakdown the early part of Tuesday. We'll look back quick on the 28-0 win over Rutgers, look ahead to what's happening this weekend, season finale on the road at Michigan State. Also, just previewing the news that you, by the time you listen to this, might have heard uh, James Franklin alluded to it after Saturday's win over Rutgers that Tuesday, today, could be a point where we get some updates on his future at Penn State. Certainly the implication looked to be he will be extended. He will get some of the things that he had been holding out for. Penn State's uh, board, a subcommittee on compensation is meeting at 3.45 p.m., after which we should know something about what James Franklin is doing, some of the terms of, uh, of an agreement we anticipate that he'll be back. Again, he hinted at after Saturday's win over Rutgers, said um, today's the day that we should know more. He expected when he delivered a statement reportedly to the State College Quarterback Club last week when he said he's not going anywhere. He was asked that question again Saturday and pointed to Tuesday. So something should be moving in that direction. Uh, Penn State isn't bound to release all that much information as far as what that is. So whatever comes up in comment and whatever Penn State chooses to release will be the terms that we know at that point in time. But the expectation from everybody, including myself, is that James Franklin will be around Penn State's program for the foreseeable future. Uh, a lot of different mixed opinions on whether that's good, a good thing or whether that's not a good thing. Certainly look back on what the Penn State program has done since James Franklin arrived in 2014. And I think it's good for both sides to continue this arrangement and to try to build on what's been done so far. It's widely known, no secret, that Penn State has wanted more. Penn State's fans have wanted more. The last two seasons, 2020, uh, when they went four and five, and now this season, seven and four, sitting into going into Saturday's uh, finale against Michigan State. You know, you want more out of it. You don't want to lose to Illinois. You don't want to start a season uh, with five straight losses as they did last season. Uh, but you know, I think a lot of the pieces are in place, and Franklin has has done a good job of of building this program to the point where you are spoiled to the point where you have high expectations. Not every program has that, and sometimes it's a sobering reality when you lose that with your program. And there's no guarantee that if Penn State were to have made some kind of move, uh, if James Franklin were to accept USC or LSU or some other job, that you're going to get somebody better. Um, his his struggles and issues on game day are well documented. That is not the strength of James Franklin, uh, and it's a very very visible weakness when those things happen. Managing the clock, making adjustments in game, whatever the case might be. But the fact of the matter is, he's done a very very good job at building the program and recruiting and development and um, marketing the program in the best way he can. So. It looks like Franklin will be back. No choice in the matter on that one, but it's my personal belief that it's the best thing for everybody. Uh, point number two as we run down through the talking points of the week, the early uh, look at Michigan State. Penn State, a one-point favorite um, installed there, which is jarring considering where Penn State has come from. Um, four out of six games they've lost. They come off that win over Rutgers where they had to throw the kitchen sink at that thing. 
35 cases of flu or injury. Bunch of guys missed that game. Sean Clifford started and had to leave early. Um, same deal with Caden Wallace at tackle. Uh, so just kind of a mess, but also brought some encouraging things to the table. We'll look at that uh, here in a moment. But Michigan State comes off a 56-7 loss to Ohio State where it certainly looked like it could have been a lot worse in that game. Ohio State jumped out to a monstrous lead and did whatever they wanted on this Michigan State team. And I don't think it's a team that's that's built to make a big comeback. So whatever you want to take away from that that could apply to Penn State, starting fast might be the thing. Doing that on the road um, in East Lansing will be the challenge. The other big issue, obviously, with Kenneth Walker III, He's not a Heisman contender anymore, was quiet against Ohio State because game flow sort of dictated that they weren't really able to use him as much as they would like. But he's still just south of 1,500 yards for the season. He scored 17 touchdowns. He's priority number one for this Penn State defense. They've had their ups and downs when it comes to defending the run. Uh, Wisconsin had a lot of success in week one. It looked like that was going to carry over. looked like a, a jarring weakness for this Penn State defense. Illinois lined up in big formations again and again and again, and were able to drive and drive and drive. Um, Penn State still, in both of those games and in every other game, has buckled down in the red zone. So you should probably expect, unless Penn State can can flip the script and, and score some fast points and build a, a two-touchdown lead in the first quarter or something, you should expect a, a dedication to the run game by Michigan State, which they've got a bunch of injuries. Penn State's got a bunch of injuries. Uh, one of the big storylines of this game is you know who's healthier and, and who's struggling with that on Saturday. One other note, just on the other side of the ball, Michigan State has had some issues defending the pass. They rank number 130 in the country, averaging almost 340 yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. That includes Ohio State's C.J. Stroud last week, who was phenomenal in that game. Made a Heisman Trophy case for himself in that one. Another big one coming up against Michigan in the Big Ten title game. He was 32 out of 35 on this Michigan State defense last week. 432 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Chris Olave, uh, Smith Najigba, all those guys were involved, and C.J. Stroud was masterful against this Michigan State team. Penn State obviously would like to tear a page from that playbook and and apply that. The lingering thing, though, is Sean Clifford, he had been banged up but fell victim to the flu, didn't practice in pregame last week against Rutgers, started the game rusty, out of sorts, out of rhythm. I believe it was two out of eight passing when he exited. Christian Bayou, the true freshman, comes on for his collegiate debut. He's pretty awesome in that game. So what is Penn State going to do at quarterback in this one? Got to expect that Sean Clifford is A, healthy again, and B, the likely choice to start the game. Uh, James Franklin has been loyal. Sometimes it looked like to a fault to Sean Clifford. I would expect the same loyalty coming out of that Rutgers game when Christian Veyu played so well. The only question would be, do they do they think about the future? Do you install Christian Veyu for a drive or two? Um, so that'll be fascinating to watch and see which of these guys can have some success against this vulnerable Michigan State defense. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com 
or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Point number three here, looking at Penn State and in its final game week, regular season game week of the 2021 season. Just a quick look back at Rutgers. What happened in that game? Mentioned Christian Bayou. 15 out of 24 for 235 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And that's one such a strong performance in relief. Looked ready for it. Looked like, you know, we're not really sure what's going on with Taquan Roberson. We haven't seen him um, really since Iowa. Uh, might be hurt. I'm sure he was one of the flu cases. Penn State did not have a scholarship quarterback available at all the day before that Rutgers game. Uh, James Franklin mentioned that several times on the broadcast and after the game. So there was a lot of uncertainty in this game. And credit to Christian Veyu for falling victim to, to illness, non-COVID illness, as they've said a bunch of times, and still being ready when his number was called uh, strong performance in his debut through his first touchdown pass of his career and late in the first quarter, late in the first half to Jahan Dotson ran the four minute drill to get in that situation where he could score. Jahan Dotson said that VU made a perfect play on that one where it looked to be some kind of design rollout to the right. Rutgers was playing cover zero. Dotson came across the end zone. Bayou rolling to his right, delivered a very accurate ball. Wasn't a tight window throw per se, but he put it right ex- exactly where it needed to be for Jahan Dotson to make an easy play on it, make it look easy. Second touchdown of his career. Good recognition, I think, in the face of pressure where he had one-on-one, a one-on-one matchup with Parker Washington on a linebacker in the back right corner of the end zone. Threw it up in a place where Parker Washington could make a play on the ball where he boxed out the defender and did make a play despite being mugged and a penalty flag being thrown. So that was touchdown number two. The third one, the easiest of the bunch, 67 yards to Malik Mega, who's a redshirt freshman wide receiver. Uh, wide open on that play, jogged into the end zone, but I don't think it really did much to dampen the spirit of Penn State fans who saw that connection, Bayou, to Malik Mega and could dream about seeing it again in the future. We don't know exactly what's going to happen at the quarterback position moving forward. We are seeing glimpses of Malik Mega, who's six foot four, 200 pounds, runs the 40-yard the dash as of the end of his high school career in the low four fours. So size, power, speed, interesting combination there. Jahan Dawson presumably moving on. Malik Mega is a name to watch both this weekend again against Michigan State. A vulnerable pass defense. We could see somebody taking the top off that Michigan State defense. Malik Mega looks like a candidate to do it. Should see some one-on-one coverage again with Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington there. The tight ends to account for. Nobody's really going to double or triple down on Malik Mega. Should have a chance to make a play as long as he sees some snaps. Who's throwing him the ball is something that we'll have to see. Uh, Sean Clifford will have a decision to make at the end of the season. Uh, Christian Veyu did enough last week to go from not an afterthought but maybe not somebody that you whose name you had circled because A, Sean Clifford can still come back, and B, they've got the number one quarterback recruit in the country in the two, 2022 class in Drew Aller. So you're either thinking about Sean Clifford or you're thinking about Drew Aller. Christian Bayou emerged as a name to know. Calm, poised, confident. Um, all the intangibles that I think Sean Clifford has had to work himself into. Um, he starts his career, it looks like, with those things. You can't glean a whole lot from 
um, three quarters plus uh, of play. But very encouraging because Christian Veyu, you know, the frame's good. The arm looks like it's plenty. The athleticism looks like it's plenty. Kind of from that same school of of um, athleticism as Sean Clifford, where it's not really going to jump off the screen at you, but it's there, and he can use it to make plays when things break down. His first choice, just like Sean Clifford, will be to deliver the ball. So all the tangibles, I think, are there. Um, he was a four-star, depending on where you looked in the 2021 class. He arrived in January with some expectation, but he hadn't played his senior year at the Bola School in Maryland. He's from Canada originally. You didn't really know what you had in him. Uh, the Rutgers game was a very, very good first glimpse at what you might have in the future. Should be an interesting ride for him, for Drew Aller, for Sean Clifford if he decides to come back and play a sixth season. Not sure, as we sit here right now, if Christian Veyu will get the call. Will he play at all? Will he start? Will he sit the whole game against Michigan State? That we still have to find out. Few other storylines to to catch up on before we move into the second half of the Michigan State week. Landon Tangwall also joined Christian Veyu as a true freshman to play, played a whole bunch of snaps at left tackle, and from my vantage point, looked to do more than hold his own there. Uh, not a huge surprise considering that Landon Tangwall was highly regarded in the 2021 class, one of the best offensive line prospects in the country, high floor player, very mature, physically built. Um, coming out of high school, and I think he showed how ready he was against Rutgers. Same deal with Christian Veyu. Will we see him in some capacity or another against Michigan State, presumably with Rashid Walker and Caden Wallace, the bookends, back healthy? Do they make a concerted effort to get him involved? I'm guessing yes on that one. He's done enough to get to get a longer look, a longer audition, if anything, to see exactly what you've got in 2022 uh, against a better team, against a better defensive front with Michigan State. Kaziah Holmes made an appearance late in this game. I still love what he brings to the table. I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, why he hasn't gotten more opportunities, but clearly something with the coaching staff or trust or reliability or consistency, there's something going on there. Or maybe he's just on the outside looking in with a bunch of veterans who have done more than him. Uh, John Lovett arrived from Baylor. Noah Kane, obviously what he's meant to the program um, in his time here. Uh, And Kevon Lee had earned the position um, ahead of him on the depth chart last season, did a lot with it, and then he came back and preserved that spot there. So, And then Devin Ford's the other one. So maybe Keziah Holmes would just squeeze out of there. Um, looks like maybe when things get back to normal, you're back to competitive game. He's probably going to be back into that number five role, but I would make the case just like with the offensive line. What do you have to lose by trying to give him six or seven touches on Saturday? Uh, Trace McSorley signed with the Arizona Cardinals this week um, off the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. It's been a tough go trying to get into that um, that Ravens fold, and that's no slight on anybody here, no slight on Trace McSorley. Uh, Arizona has had trouble keeping Kyler Murray healthy, and they, they get somebody in Trace McSorley who, similar stature, not the player that Kyler Murray, Murray is, obviously, but that maybe you can take some of the same concepts as you've already got and use them with Trace McSorley. A good second shot uh, with McSorley to get an opportunity with the Cardinals. And in an offense, it's pretty exciting with a lot of playmakers around him. Last but not least, Jordan Stout, Penn State's punter, kicker, kickoff specialist, uh, was Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week for the fourth time this season. Had, had a uh, very good game against Rutgers. Was important in the early going 
to keep the field position battle on Penn State's side. So that's something he's done a lot. But in this case, the defense and the way they played and Jordan Stout doing what he always does, which makes dropping the ball inside the 10-yard line look routine, look easy, uh, really helped the Penn State offense figure things out and eventually get going against Rutgers. So shout out to Jordan Stout. Uh, Shout out to the Penn State defense for giving the Penn State offense the time it needed to make that Rutgers game look easy. Uh, made it look hopeless for that for that Rutgers team to get anything going. So in that shutout win, Jordan Stout played a big role and was recognized again for it. Uh, really curious to see as we move forward uh, what his NFL future will look like as we see Blake Gillikin doing big things for the New Orleans Saints um, as a punter. So there you go. Plenty more news coming on Penn Live Tuesday with presumably announcement. Um, on James Franklin's future. We will hear from James Franklin on Tuesday. We will see um, a little bit of Penn State practice on Wednesday, so look for reports from Daniel Gallen, uh, Bob Flanders, David Jones. Uh, We'll have more blue-white breakdowns with everybody, including Daniel and I, uh, on Friday morning on Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the week. Big news week here as we wrap up the 2021 season. We'll be back on on, Thursday. the blue white breakdown. We'll be back on penlive.com slash Penn state football with all the news angles and analysis covered. So we will see you next time here on the blue white breakdown. Welcome to cure relief, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, cure relief of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey.